Chag Purim, Chag Purim, Chag Adolai Yehudim. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom Adoshim Shalom Yom. Today is the 14th day in our quest to learning all about the holiday of Purim. So I wanted to remind you guys again, once we finish our learning together and we will have completed Meseches Megillah, I encourage all of you to make some sort of CM, some sort of completion on this Masechla in whatever way you're comfortable with. But I also recommend doing it either by the Purim Suda or by the breakfast for Tanis Esther. It's always good to combine a a a siyum with a suda with eating a lot of food. I think that that's the definitely the best way to do it. But it's whatever way you're, whatever way you're comfortable. If you want to just read the last Mishnah, go ahead. If you want to say Dvar Torah about about Megillah or about Purim, knock yourself out. If you want to say the Hadron, if you want to say the the bracha over the completion of a Masechda, do it. You do you. So first we're going to say a quick Megillah. We're moving on the Megillah. We're moving on to the story of Vashti. And the Pesach says, In Megillah, And then it goes on to list all of the various chamberlains of Ahasuerus that he sends to go to go to Vashti. And the Pesach says, Lahavi as Vashti ha-malka, beketer malchus laharos ha-amim vasarim ki tovas It says that Ahasuerus, once he became drunk, once his heart became full of wine, then he sent all of his chamberlains to go get Vashti in order to show all the nations how beautiful it is. So, the Gemara asks, it says, Was his heart not merry with wine before the seventh day? Based off our description of Ahasuerus, he seems like a, kind of an alcoholic. So, I imagine that he wasn't waiting until the seventh day of the, of the feast in order, to, in order to drink wine. So, why is it specifying the wine here? And second of all, what's this emphasis on the seventh day? Why does it why does it have to have to emphasize that? So the Gemara Rava is gonna explain both of these both of both of both of these questions. He's gonna provide very satisfying answers. The seventh day was Shabbos. That's why it was stressed so much, because it was referring to Shabbos. And when the Jewish people feast, especially on Shabbos, they begin they begin speaking words of Torah, the Divrei Torah, and praises of Hashem, Shavach. And so that's what they did on that Shabbos. But when idolaters feast, when people like Achashverosh and his nation feast, they do so and begin speaking words of indecency. And so was at that feast of Ahasuerus, an indecent discussion ensued about which women were more beautiful, which led to Ahasuerus summoning Vashti. You see, if you look at the Pasuk and you see it says, It specifies in order to show all the other nations about, about her beauty. And that talking about all the other nations was was not really something that was that was so keyed in on for for the first few psukim. Actually, once it was once it was brought up in in one of the first psukim where it says that Achashverosh invited all of the various one hundred and twenty seven countries to come to come to the party. It really doesn't touch on it until it mentions the fact that he wanted to show them all Vashti's beauty because he wanted it to brag. You know, this element of the story really gives us a light into how powerful our Shabbos meals are because if it wasn't for us being on our best behavior on the Shabbos and this Shabbos being the Shabbos in which we were speaking Divrei Torah and also for Ahasuerus speaking badly and speaking awfully, then it could be that Vashi never would have been kicked out and then Esther never would have been put in in order to save us. So the Gemara goes on to say that really we were saved because we held our Shabbos in high regard and we said different Torah on Shabbos and, and we were speaking extra well about Shabbos. So it's just a lesson to us, you know, 
the fate of the world may not seem to ride on our Shabbosim. But really, if you look, take a step back and you look at it, they really do. Because how you teach your kids and how you teach your family how to talk, it's going to be when the family times the most around Shabbos. And you have to make sure that you are speaking about the right things. I think also a very powerful message that we get from the Purim story. All right, so let's start right now with Perak Bey's Mishnah Gimel. Ben <clears throat> let's get started. Sorry, I got to clear my throat there. Ben Ir Shahalach Lichrach Uben Krach Shahalach Leir. So if you have somebody who lives in an unwalled city, again, we talked about in the first parak in our previous Shurim that unwalled is defined as unwalled in the time of Yeshua Ben Nun, that, that went to, a, that went to a, a walled city for Shabbos, I mean for Purim, or someone who lived in a walled city who went to an unwalled city for the beginning of Purim. Remember, the difference is one day difference. Somebody who lives in a walled city, they normally read it on the 15th of Adar. Someone who reads it in an unwalled city, they usually read it on the 14th of Adar. If they want to return to their hometown the before dawn of the Purim day, he should read it according to his regular hometown, Vimlav. But if he plans to stay in the either walled or unwalled city that he's visiting, then you should read it with him. So where should you start reading the Megillah in order to fulfill your obligation for reading the Megillah? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, Kula. You should start reading from the beginning to the end. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Mi'ish Yehudi. You should start reading from the second parak where it says, Mi'ish Yehudi, where, where Mordechai is introduced. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, You should read it from starting in the third parak, which is when Haman is introduced. And so what is this all boiling down to? The Megillah writes, V'tichto v'estor ha'malka Mordechai Yehudi as kolato kef Igeris Hapurim Hazos. It says that and Queen Esther and Mordechai, the Jew, wrote about all the power to keep alive this letter of Purim. And this was in the ninth parak when it's talking about the actual writing of the Megillah itself. And so the Gemara derives from this verse that the reading of this letter of Purim, the Megillah, we have to read about the power, like like what it says. We have to we have to read about the Igeris Hapurim. So what's the Igeris Hapurim? So the first Tana Rebbeir it says says that we have to read about the power of Achashverosh, because Achashverosh is mentioned in the beginning. The Megillah immediately starts by mentioning Achashverosh's power. However, the second Hanur of Yehuda, it talks about the power of Mordechai and Esther. That's why we start from, that's why we start from Mi'ish um, Yehudi. That's why we start from the second parak where it talks about Mordechai and Esther. However, the third Tana, Rabbi Yossi, says that it's talking about the power of Haman and how we're able to overcome him, which starts in the third parak. Either way, I'm very happy that we side with Rabbi Meir that we read the entire thing because when you get to read a story from the start to finish, it truly is much more exciting. And I hope that you are excited because we're now one day closer to the holiday of Perm. Have a wonderful day.